What's going on, everybody? It's another week with Connor and I at the helm here. Uh, we've got, you know, just a bunch of jumbled up news and notes and talking points and heartbreak and Connor's frustration with the Detroit Lions actually winning games for once. Um, but uh, we just want to start out uh, with some sad news out of Western. Condolences to the Western Mustangs family, the athletic department, their football program, losing two legendary coaches uh, within a day of each other over the last 10 days. Coach Darwin Simodiak and Coach Larry Haler both died at the age of 76, so terrible news uh, for the Western Mustangs. Their impact is you know, reverberated through history uh, in the, the purple and silver. Absolutely, and it's tough for Western. I mean, they've lost some other coach. I think track and field lost a longtime coach as well. Uh, so definitely... Uh, unfortunate times with the Mustangs and many people, including the Laurier Golden Hawks have reached out with their condolences as well. So it's nice to see the community coming together to support this. Let's stay on the OUA though, because as the OUA is still not deemed an elite sport for some reason, um, actually I saw Donovan Bennett uh, was on Tim and friends and he said, uh, it's, I think it's because he said he heard the argument that all the sports that were deemed elite have someone tied to the uh, premier which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I don't think it was a serious claim, but uh, something to definitely watch for. But as a result, all of the OUA hockey players are just upping and leaving for actual hockey that they can play. Yep. One close Uh, to home for you. Yeah. A guy I went to high school with, uh, Andrew Jarvis, who has been playing for the Carlton Ravens last couple of years. He is now going down to Allen, Texas to play in the Kraken ECHL affiliate. Uh, so kudos to him. Big shout out to Jarvis. Uh, but there's a OUA ton of OUA players. Though, right? The OUA is, not the OUA though, is right? actually hemorrhaging right now. Like all of the hockey players are leaving. I think like four or five have left U of T, handful from Carleton, uh, a bunch from other schools like Windsor, Western. Uh, so many schools are just, all of them are just saying, bye, we're going to play actual hockey somewhere. Yeah, professional hockey, professional. The ECHL is a, in most capacities, is a professional league. It is then the next step is the AHL, right? So, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm still just hot about this whole OUA not being elite thing because then you see stuff like this where the OUA is losing high-caliber athletes and is probably pretty damn pissed off about it because these players are being, are being deemed not elite and can't play the sport at an elite level in the OUA. So they're going to go pursue professional opportunities and you're still going to sit in front of everybody and suggest that the OUA isn't elite. Are you kidding me? I, I, I feel so like, obviously the players have to do what is best for them in, in all of the sports. I mean, if you're getting a pro opportunity, yeah, obviously you're going to go take it, but coaches and training staffs and programs have to be kind of, sitting here going, what the hell do we do? Because we're not going to tell our players not to go. But at the same time, this hurts us because, you know, veteran guys or, you know, skill guys or young guys that you wanted to develop are leaving for pro opportunities. It's depleting rosters across. And I say guys, but it's also it, it's on the women's side of sports as well. They're, they're leaving for pro opportunities. So, I mean, across every level of OUA sport right now, players are just up. Athletes are just up and leaving for, for professional opportunities. And it's going to kill rosters. It's going to show when these teams are allowed to play again. And it's going to make it almost look like a bad scene, right? Like all these guys are going to leave and then we're going to start the season up eventually. And all the rocks are going to be shot. You're not going to have as high quality of players. And people are going to go, oh, is this the elite project or the 
least stuff you've been pushing it's like yeah but you know it's it's kind of shitty that they've all had to leave because we weren't able to play you're gonna see it affected in recruiting cycles too right because i mean to play devil's ad- advocate a bit here you, you can turn around and make the argument well if your veteran guys are leaving yeah that's why you have recruiting cycles and that's why you bring in these new players but to that point if the veteran guys are leaving where is the leadership coming from where is that kind of tradition or upbringing of excellence within your program where's that coming from because yeah i mean and you and i know this know this very well because we've both been in the situation yeah i mean coaches and mentors of that capacity special teams coaches whoever you bond with that's great but that only goes so far those coaches aren't allowed in the locker room you know all the time right so who are these guys within the locker room that see the players that are players that are with each other pretty much 16 hours a day where is that leadership then going to come from because your leadership is now left for a professional opportunity and you got a bunch of 19 year olds trying to police and grow and create a culture and a community uh it's going to be a test for those young guys for sure but uh it's something that we now have to deal with it's an hour reality because of the circumstances that the province put the conference in um but let's stay in ontario for a bit of news before we start traveling the continent, not just Canada today, Jacob Ruby uh, signs with the Red Blacks. Uh, one incident doesn't define your career was the quote given yesterday, uh, I guess two days ago now. It, uh, it does for me when it's of this magnitude, Jacob Ruby, I'm sorry. But uh, Jacob Ruby, for those that have forgotten, was the player that had the vaccination record issue with the Edmonton Elks that eventually led to his release. Um, you know what? I think he can't put this behind him. Uh, it was, it was an error in judgment. Uh, he's a good player on the field. And if Ottawa, I don't think Ottawa's GM, uh, would like to start his career by signing someone with this. Like if it was a huge red flag and it was still an issue, I don't think he would have signed him. I agree. I mean, I agree. You obviously, as the GM, you bring this, and as a new GM, you got to bring this guy in and sit him down and be like, look, like, are we straight here? Is everything good? You do your due diligence on him. I don't think by any stretch of the measure that Jacob Ruby is a horrible person or a bad guy or whatever. Obviously, like you said, it's it's an error in judgment. Uh, but at the same time, it was a pretty massive error in judgment at a pretty critical time. I mean, for me, when I saw that, I was like, come on, dude, really? Like, I get that nobody wants to do it. And again, there's circumstances around it that we still don't really know. But like, end of the day, all you had to do was, you know, go out and get vaccinated and walk into the building and prove that. And that was, you know, that was you being a part of the team. I mean, you knew what the rules were at the time and and what it was going to be like. And, you know, there was even rules in place where you didn't have to be vaccinated. There was incentives incentives in place to kind of want you to be vaccinated, but you didn't necessarily have to be, but you kind of just like, I don't know. I, I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, the GM probably brought him in, sat him down and said, we're good here. But, you know, if, as, as a player's standpoint, I mean, I don't know. For me, I think he's going to have to earn trust in the locker room. And I think it's going to take a little bit extra time than it normally would, I guess is all I'm saying. That's fine. I, I'm I'm okay with that. And they've got training camp and OTAs, and they they they'll they will work on that. And I think that the Red Blocks have a strong enough leadership group in their locker room uh, to kind of work around that. 
One guy they're going to have to try to stop, though, week one, Willie Jefferson and Dude. Jackson Jeffcoat. Two guys. <laughs> both of them Man. re-signing with the Bombers. Uh, did you see what Willie paydays. Jefferson said? Uh, yes, I did. I did indeed. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners, though? Yeah, I mean, he said, uh, he was like, if we get all our guys back, we can three-peat. <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. I don't. He's I not. really don't. He's not wrong. Man. They're getting their guys back, too. That's the year. scary thing. And, I mean, but, who wouldn't want to come back and play in that Winnipeg system? But, like, if you get a three-peat, does everyone want to come back for four in a row? Do you want to create? We're starting to get, like, back-to-back is one thing. Back-to-back with the year off is another thing. If you go back-to-back-to-back, you're in dynasty category. If you go four in a row, you're starting to infringe on the evil empire, the double E from back in the 80s and 90s. The moon-led evil empire. Like, you are starting to get into serious, greatest dynasty of all talk. Like, you could seriously... Yeah, like, and I, I wonder if that's a conversation in the locker room because you're starting to see them like all come back and they want to come back for a third one. I, but I like to that point, I think it's a conversation early on in the season where you get excited, where it's like, holy crap, guys, like if we if we get our crap together, this could be another incredible season. But I think but it's got to be one like go right after term. the Grey Cup. It's yeah. got to be oh, yeah. right after because then you have all that re-signing period yeah. and you have to kind of sit down and say to your guys or talk just like casually with them, hey, let's all come back. Like, obviously, people that are on rookie deals can go and make their cash somewhere. By all means, do that. But in terms of a legacy for some of the guys like Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Zach Caleros, who had played Kenny Lawler, who have played and gotten their money throughout their career. We left out Andrew Harris, so we just – sorry for that, by the way. Andrew Harris, too. (laughs) But I think he's honestly towards the end of his career. But can he – take pay cut and pay cut and pay cut and stay a part of this team and keep everyone together while they have to pay up and coming stars. Hey man, there is an incentive for winning the gray cup. You want to make your money back. Keep winning gray cups. Honestly, you could, you could, okay. We could, <laughs> it sounds Let's do really it. We're the shady. Season. Let's go down. It sounds, it sounds really shady, but you could, you could forego a bunch of like hard cash and just put it all in the great cup incentives. Yeah. If or playoff bonuses. Like if you seriously think that you guys all come back, you can run it back year after year and you keep signing these deals where you're like, you know what? Put my money in the playoffs. Let's let's, let's go. Do it. We're gonna win yeah. it. And it's gotten tougher for them. Like it was tougher this year, certainly, but I think they yeah. can still do it. Man, I like. I don't want to think that far ahead because we're really only out of two, two Grey Cup win Bombers team we right are, now. But we like, are. And, and we're like three away from being what, a serious what contender we're seeing for greatest right dynasty, now. Like, this is, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'll stay grounded a little bit. I won't take it as far as I was going to. This is one of this is probably the best team I've seen in recent years. This is probably the best CFL team I've seen since, like, I don't know, the early two thousands. Oh, you know, I I've never seen collection. a team play defense like this. Like I can't remember a team with a defense this freaking good over the last however many years. Yeah, it is 
certainly is something like they were they were holding teams to like zero point like six points or like zero point four points in the fourth quarter. That's incredible. Literally zeros. <laughs> oh man. I I just want to see how free agency goes because they can bring in people, they could lose people, and we could this conversation be thrown out the window. But if they make like two key signings, I think they could probably they're gonna have to replace Alford. Uh, because he is signed with the Atlanta Falcons as long with Braden Lenius. So shout out to them. Uh, the Falcon season is over, but it's it's a deal for next year to at least get them into a camp. Um, so shout out to them for that one. But like, you're going to have to replace some players in the secondary. You're going to have to add, maybe you want to add another receiver because like we saw Lucky Whitehead left he popped off with BC. Like maybe you want to just add an extra weapon just to have one. So Marshall in his downtime, which the man downtime for that dude is non-existent. He is still pumping out tons of stuff. Uh, He put out his list of top 20 free agent wide receivers. The top 10 look a little something like this. Brian Burnham, Kenny Lawler, who you're obviously going to try to bring back, Reggie Bagleton, Duke Williams, Kamar Jordan, Lucky Whitehead is now a free agent, Jake Winicky is a free agent, Greg Ellington, Jalen Acklin, Rashid Bailey, Kyram Moore, Javon Katoy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a name that starts with W back there. I believe you want me to go to uh, Jake Winicky, and I'm Can like you imagine? <laughs> more than ninety percent sure that dude is staying in Montreal. Vernon Adams. If, if is you going don't, to if you don't resign demanding. him, like if you don't resign him in Montreal, like he deserves I mean, to go to Winnipeg for that. Absolutely, one. Like, you have brought that shame on yourself if you don't absolutely. resign him. I mean, of uh, of these wide receivers, most of them, like while I'm looking at them, most of them, you're they're likely to go back to. The respective teams yeah. like i really don't but you never know you know you don't and now let's play hypothetical here with this let's say that the top five the top six re-sign with so burnham stays in bc you bring back kenny lawler calgary obviously is going to want to keep begleton i'm going to say duke williams doesn't begleton just begleton just resigned he did so he's staying with calgary yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Duke Williams for our hypothetical does not stay with the riders. He is now in the pool of free agents. Um, He's going to demand a lot of cash, man. And I'm going to say because Begleton signed Kamar Jordan is also now available for uh, not with Calgary. Um, I'm going to say Lucky Whitehead resigns and Jake Winicky resigns. He did. Lucky Whitehead did resign. Did resign. So of that, that gives you some pretty darn good wide receivers to work with. Put your GM hat on. Who'd you take? Who'd you take? So let's, with this, obviously, Kenny Lawler re-signs. Let's say Bailey re-signs as well, and you have room for one more wide receiver of this list of Duke Williams, Kamara Jordan. Braylon Addison. Yeah. Braylon Addison. Braylon Addison. Okay. You got a big body in Lawler. Addison can take the top off. Rashid Bailey can take the top off. You'd be able to split safeties, tear down the scent, the seams. Yeah. I, Plus, you'd have Nick Dembski still to work on. Any, you'd, you'd have a great collection. Uh, Dembski is, is quietly one of my favorite wide receivers in the in the CFL. He just, like, athletes. he's there athletes. every single okay, game. Let's face it. 
he does ATH. something where you're just like, cool. Ten just ten just made a play. Like uh, I don't know. I love watching Dembski play. Um, Let's stay with some CFL news here. Nick Arbuckle getting the big cash in 2022. Uh, set for three hundred and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, said it said oh, it made him feel a little bit more comfortable about his time in Edmonton. Yeah, I'd be a little bit more comfortable uh, yeah. with, with that too. <laughs> I think They're doling so, out a ton of cash for you. I think I think you got a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus as well. Yeah, this man, this man is very happy. Probably just bought himself, went and bought a new house in Edmonton. The, the like. only thing, the only thing that worries me about Nick Arbuckle is that he's wearing seven now. I don't know if I like that. I do. That's my quarterback. I don't know if I like seven. <laughs> Mike Vick wore seven, bro. What's your? I know. I know. Point? Yeah. Okay. Nick Arbuckle is not Mike Vick here. I know. Should I do? I need to pull out the Eagles jersey. Uh, let's. Uh, one last bit of CFL news here before we talk some Southern football. Anthony Calvillo signed on as the LSQB coach. This kind of happened just after we went off last week. Um, U to M to the Owls. If you want to break into the CFL coaching, uh, front office, maybe scouting, maybe playing, head to the Université de Montréal. Uh, I mean, really, the RSEC in general, too. I know. So they they have Machocha, who is their GM. He was the head coach of U2M. Calvillo came in, coached for two seasons. Now he's up with the Owls. Obviously, he has a long history with them, so that it makes sense. But I was going to say, if, you, if to you don't two know Owls, Cal, if you don't know what Calvio did, you're too young. You're just barking. He he tapped into the RSEC hotbed that he talked about right away when he was hired as GM by getting Marc Antoine DeCroix, Brian Harlemana. They have POL's rights, but he's still with Seattle. Ethan McConzo, who they sent back, uh, Benoit Marion. And David Cote. Who might be my favorite kicker in the league. You this dude is that. a leg. You watch that. <laughs> Who? Who's uh, my favorite kicker in the league? Your old I'm teammate. <laughs> Money Lou. Young kicker. Money okay. Lou is my favorite kicker in the league. Isn't Lewis your age? He's like a year older than you. <laughs> no, he's he's older than me. He's way older than me. No, I shouldn't um, say way older, but I think he's like three, three years older than me. But uh, Machocha has tapped into this hotbed. Time after time after time, and it is now a straight up path to the CFL in any way, shape, or form by going through the Caribbean. It is. I mean, even even still. So let's stay on on playing for the Caribbean, a Caribbean that got drafted relatively high and didn't. It wasn't by his his hometown team. My guy from twenty twenty one goes to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Reda Cramby. Yeah. Right. Like. And guess what? I'm sure when his contract comes up, he might be looking back home with the coach that coached him through university in Machocha sitting there being like, hey, dude, would you like to come home? Like, I'm sure he would probably take that chance. Uh, I don't know if that would overvalue the possible, what, for Pete if they win again and he's up for a contract. Uh but no, it's a straight up path now and it's undeniable. And a lot of our draft stuff for the Owls is going to be centered on the Quebec conference and French Canadian players. Like it is, it is going to be a huge part of their 
scheme and building up a local fan base, a diehard fan base that loves the Caribbean, love the Rouge or Concordia has a good fan. Like all of the Quebec schools have strong fan bases. It's trying to tie them in to support the and CFL how, program. Even, even McGill has one of the best defensive linemen in the country this year. Guess who's going to draft? <laughs> Honestly. So, man, like, uh, yeah, like, like you said, I can't wait for draft season. And, I mean, when you when you guys start seeing our, our boards and our mock drafts and whatever come out, like, don't be surprised when we have Quebec Conference players near the top of those boards because it is just a darn talent pool right now in Quebec. Not to say that the other conferences aren't, but, man, uh, the, the talent that they're able to produce, the, the elite-level talent that they're able to produce out there is, is something – incredible i mean there were what eight nine dinos drafted last year but <laughs> yeah we'll uh we'll probably see that number stay relatively high again this year and i think um, just to just to kind of stay on you know the eliteness of canadian football here there's a pile of guys going down to play in the gridiron showcase this year as well which comes out today when the episode's published today um so definitely go check like those 12. players out i mean there's a ton of great guys ton of great guys in there i mean like our guy jj doesn't get enough recognition he is quarterbacking uh, hold on hold thing. on time out time out three down nation actually didn't even include jj in their yeah, original was... article uh and then they went back and ghost edited him in uh but jj was quick to point out i think it was uh the video court or the video editor for the dinos is like uh lemon spread josiah on dude's work is insane friend uh but yeah he, he <laughs> He uh, posted like, oh, I think you forgot Josiah. And JJ tweeted back, I can confirm that I am indeed here. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what a response. That's no, no it's know, uh, JJ, Trey Ford, uh, the Ty Ford brothers. Uh, is Tyrell down there too? Pretty sure, yeah. Uh, Federico's down there. Zer is down there. So we got lots of Canadian talent. Archibald uh, down- and McGill, defensive linemen. So uh, we definitely will have to keep an eye on that and those guys in their showcase, hopefully they can sneak into a later round or as an undrafted free agent. I think Trey Ford could, could really. Sh- Man, people are going to look at the athletic ability, the just like the sheer traits that speed. that guy possesses. Yeah. His, his speed, his explosion is quick twitch. And they're just going to go, man, like there's just so many different ways that we can use like, this guy okay. on the field. I know people make this comparison, but Trey Ford to Mike Vicker, Lamar Jackson, just because of the straight up speed that he brings to the field. It's incredible. What's saying he goes as an undrafted free agent. Baltimore signs an undrafted free agent every year. They always bring in an undrafted free agent quarterback. What's saying it's not Trey Ford this year? Honestly, they, they play that style scheme as well. I mean, look at their quarterbacks yeah. right now. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Huntley. McSorley. McSorley. No, McSorley's gone. McSorley's gone. Oh. Strebler, who was of similar nature, right? Mobile so. guy. Like, you literally have three mobile quarterbacks. If you're going to bring someone in for a camp arm and you want a young possible prospect yeah bring in trey why and not honestly that would be a great development opportunity for him as well he gets to go learn under you know one of the most creative offensive schemes in the okay, league okay. and then he gets to go learn under a guy like lamar jackson as well so even people he, do not like greg roman but in terms of developing mobile quarterbacks in yes. a scheme yes like he, he can do it and yes. it would be a great opportunity for him so uh this is definitely a big opportunity for those guys south of the border to show themselves ahead of the CFL draft season. Um, but uh, let's stay NFL. Your Lions, they what won a game. Doing? What are they doing to me? What are you doing here? I texted hey, it you could this. could be worse. Oh, 
Could be worse. Let, tell it me It could why. be worse. The Ravens lost their last five games by a combined eight points. Yeah. Lost okay. five And you lost an OT to the Steelers when you total. really shouldn't have. No, no, because our DBs are all injured and nobody, like, we're pressing on third and eight, but we're going to play off on second and two. Like, we were, uh, <laughs> we were, we were just, we were just building up Greg, Greg Roman a little bit. Let's, uh, let's knock him down because I don't think you were too pleased with him on Sunday. I believe I no, saw you they tweet ran, something. They ran at QB Greg power. Okay. Let's face it. QB power to the right because that way you get Zeitler still blocking down. And you can pull on Alejandro Villanueva, your biggest offensive lineman, and Ben Cleveland, one of your other biggest offensive linemen, through the gap. So the power, the QB power always goes right. They try to change it up. They try to run it left. On third and two, it was probably the worst time to run QB power. We had been killing them on just straight up power O all game. Let Freeman, let Murray go. Cam Hayward sitting right there you decide to run at cam hayward and you don't get it obviously so you have to punt it away it ends up costing you the game because that's what gave pittsburgh the chance to score but uh yeah not not happy but uh nor am i nor am i the Chargers game i absolutely loved it justin herbert was just launching missiles all over the field they blew it justin herbert looked good though you can pin none of that on Justin Herbert. You can pin none of this season on Justin Herbert. The man has been incredible. I think uh, I've had what I think three or four Chargers games at work at work this year. So I've watched a decent amount of Justin Herbert film. This kid is something special. And shout out to Mina Kimes for defending Justin Herbert for her over Joe life Burrow. over yeah. Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. Nothing wrong with Joe Burrow. But what Justin take Herbert him twice does on, with the seven days a week, twice on Sundays, I take yeah. Herbert over Her- Burrow. I, I would too. I like Joe Burrow. Is, He's a good quarterback, good pocket presence. But what Justin Herbert does is in, is special. Like I'm at a loss for words with the arm talent of Justin Herbert. The arm talent, the vision, the recognition. Did you see the play that he made? Um, Even the last touchdown, he had like negative time in the pocket he yes. literally caught the snap and started having to drift out of the pocket running and he's still just fading life. away fires a rope like it was it's, the fourth and 23 was literally a 30 yard ball that didn't leave six feet off the ground it is right like, that hit the one point and just what went doing straight yes. across yes into the chest of josh palmer justin Herbert. yes josh palmer um Justin Justin Herbert is Josh Allen, but with an arm. An accurate arm. They with both have arm. arms, but an yeah. accurate arm. Uh, Sorry. Okay, fine. Let me rephrase that. Justin Herbert is Josh Allen with ball vision. <laughs> okay. Uh, Can I rant about my Lions now, please? Yeah, go. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. You're playing the Green Bay Packers at the end of the season. A game that means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Lions organization is so fed up with their team that they took the logos off the helmets and they just had to wear the bland silver helmets with the bland jerseys with no logos, nothing. That's how pissed off everybody is at the Lions this year. Not really. We love Dan Campbell. But you are playing at the end of the year. The last game of the season means absolutely nothing. At the same time, the Jacksonville Jaguars are ruining 
the Indianapolis Colts' chance at the playoffs. This game for the Lions, to reiterate, means nothing. Green Bay's in, secured, clinched. Detroit can't spoil anything for anybody by beating Green Bay. All they had to do was lose. Jacksonville was up. All they had to do was lose, and they get the number one overall pick. I don't want to be the dude that condones his team tanking. I don't. I really don't. I hate that. But this is a special year. Aiden Hutchinson You're still gonna get him. available. I know. I know. But this guarantees it at number one. Fine. The only thing I'm happy about with the Lions winning in this one is Amon Ross St. Brown had another damn day. I'm so excited it. for this dude. Let me rip off this guy's last six games. Yeah, ten receptions. A game. Ten receptions, 86 yards, touchdown. Eight receptions, 73 yards. Eight receptions, 90 yards, touchdown. Nine receptions, 91 yards, touchdown. Eight receptions, 111 yards, touchdown. Eight receptions, 109 yards, touchdown. I am never going to get Almond Ross St. Brown in my fantasy league. Did I not again. tell you? Did I not tell ever you to get again. an Almond Ross jersey at the start of the year? You did. And I said, I want to wait and see how he plays. Time to get it. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> unless they draft Aiden Hutchinson. Well, you got to get. I guess I you have to make. Yeah, I'll get a you white one make and a blue up. one. You I have literally no have players. No left. players. You have no I have players. Barry Sanders. I have that long sleeve Barry Sanders like throwback jersey. That's it. I'm gonna get a white Mark Andrews jersey this summer. That's my. Oh, that's gonna be my purchase. I back it. Uh, you gotta go blackout for Mark Andrews. Come on. No, I have I have black Marlon Humphrey. I need white, and then I'm gonna have to get purple if Jimmy Smith retires. So I need I need a. Okay. I need to wait. Okay. But white will be Mark Andrews. Okay. Uh, College football final also just happened with no John Mechie because of his injury. Uh, and boy, did Alabama miss their top receivers. Uh, Jameson Williams also went down during the game. Uh, ended up being huge loss for them as right before Bryce Young threw that pick, he had a deep ball that literally landed in the receiver's hands and dropped. Uh, Got to think of his top two guys right there. That is a catch and run for some yardage. Um but it was SEC rematch, and Connor is very fed up with the SEC, but expansion is not going to change a thing, Connor. I hate to break it to you. The, it, the recruiting dominance shown in the SEC year after year breeds this kind of separation. You saw it firsthand last week when your Michigan Wolverines, the best Michigan team fielded in over a decade, was just no match because they were out by these much bigger prospects. It's true. They were pushed around to the point of attack. Ronnie Bell was in the game. If Ronnie Bell was available to play, it's a different game. Maybe it is. But your offense still couldn't do much. No. They got beat by a guy named Stetson. This is the point. I know. They have a walk-on quarterback at Georgia. The rest of the team is littered with five- and four-star blue-chip prospects. And now the NIL money is being thrown around. I've heard that certain schools are giving a million dollars to five-star recruits. Just straight up. You sign here, million-dollar NIL check. Here it comes. Yeah. It's and hard that's to be with just it. for the high school players that haven't proven themselves. Yeah. Now you get guys like Caleb Williams entering the transfer portal after a great freshman year at Oklahoma. They're offering probably like $1.3 million for this kid who's played. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you think Jalen Hurts would have got when he entered the transfer portal? Oh, 800K. Not a Hertz guy. No, he got benched. Not a Hertz it's, guy. It's different. No, no, no. Straight up, in college, 
he got benched. So when he transferred out, like, who is going to offer a benched quarterback a bunch of money? Like, Spencer Rattler's not getting an extra big check because he transferred to South Carolina. Like, it, it's, a small, it's a small school that needs a real quarterback. Yeah, and like, uh, I think it was like Charlie Batch is now offering like a million dollars to people to go to Eastern Michigan or something like that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, like, I I have a theory on this as well. Like, I think. I think this is going to bode well for, you know, smaller schools. Cause look at what coach prime is doing in Jackson state. I'm not saying he's using NIL money to get players there, but I'm just saying like his sheer coaching ability and his presence and the fact that I'm is is, looking to get to Florida state. I know, but the fact that he is a celebrity right now, the fact that he can pull that type of money and be like, Hey man, I can give you a pretty decent NIL check to come play for me at Jackson state. It's going to help. It's going to help smaller schools as well. I think. If they have the alumni to do it, but yes. there's some schools like USC out on the West Coast that, like the report I heard on Caleb Williams was, them. no, but USC doesn't want to get into bidding wars over NIL, so they they put out their their price. It's significantly lower than what SEC schools are offering, and they said if you want to be a number one overall pick, come play for the Trojans, bite on. If not, have a good day. We'll find someone else. Um, so I still think Caleb Williams is gonna go to USC. I tweeted that when he entered the transfer portal. Uh, Jackson Dart also is now leaving USC, so it's getting even more likely that Caleb Williams is going to put on the Cardinal and gold. Uh, he should. He should. It, it'd be great. <laughs> A slap in the face to Oklahoma, but it really should. Um, so yeah, there we go. College football. I did. I did get the score. Almost right. I did say it was going to be 34-17. You said 34-17. It was what? 33-18? 18 One point. One point. I said it was going to be 34-17 for Bama, though. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I, I called Bama in that one. I really did. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just – I do want to see the college the college playoff expand selfishly. I know it's not going to fix, like, the SEC stuff. Um, but still, I mean – it gives you a chance to at least forget about it for a little bit before you have to come back to it. I mean, I was just, I was bored, man. Like it was probably a better game than, than what I perceived it to be. But I was like, man, I, I saw this three weeks ago. I just don't want to see it again. So it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. I, I see where you're going with that, but the SEC is going to dominate. Unless, they are, they are. But unless at least an Ohio you- state has a random year where they, shell out or clemson has the return that they're hoping for in upcoming years but like no i i agree i just want outside a of that to, yeah i just want to maybe two schools it, that right? can compete with sec powers like yeah. if lsu gets their quarterbacking right with with brian kelly yeah like they're gonna be a match and then you're gonna have three sec schools because guess who's gonna get a top end quarterback next year georgia so you're gonna have Georgia, you're going to have Bama. They're not going away. LSU is probably going to take a step up with Brian Kelly because that's just who he is. Yep. And then outside of that, you're going to have teams like Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame. Uh, USC is probably going to take two years, a uh, year or two to get back to where they want to be with Lincoln Riley. But like you get LSU, Bama, Georgia, or the field. Yeah. I'd go with the SEC. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I want the expansion because I want a chance to forget about it before I gotta watch it again. Is all like I just want like a couple extra weeks before I gotta be like, all right, all right, fine. Gotta watch SEC, SEC again. 
Um, yeah. And then at least it, it gives a chance for like one of the SEC, SEC teams to get knocked out too, right? Like I know they still had a yeah. chance, but um, I mean, when, when a playoff is what, three games, four games, is it really, really that much of a playoff? But I guess, yeah, two games, three games. So I don't know. Yeah. I just want an expansion because I want to forget that I got to watch an SEC rematch again. But uh, if you guys are getting geared up for the return of football in Canada, make sure you're prepared. Head over to fox40shop.com. Get your wide selection of whistles and whistle tech from the worldwide leader in that area. Head over to fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 for 15% off all your whistle needs. The world famous Fox 40 whistle showing up in an HBO show episode oh, of How To oh with John Wilson. <laughs> I was watching that and I'm, I was actually sitting there being like, oh my God, are they going to show the <laughs> sonic boom or the, the sonic blast whistle? Like They did. Are they gonna the guy's like, this one's really loud. It was the CMG. I know. I was like, oh, this is perfect. What incredible. a shout out to the brand. The ref store. The in... ref store in some <laughs> dinky little backyard in New York somewhere. What an incredible show. What yeah, an incredible if show. Crave, if you have Crave, go and check it out. How to with John Wilson. It's just it's just a masterpiece of random shit. <laughs> it is it is the most DIY HBO show you'll ever see. It is a guy, a DSLR camera and a microphone and he stands behind the camera walks around and talks into it pretty incredible yep. stuff and we'll he's the landlord that. and he's, and the, he's landlord. the landlord <laughs> all right we're going we're going that's it we're out at cfp or at cf perspective at wade zank at conquer our o'neill talk the to you guys I soon see, the less i'm willing to believe it's too hard in here doesn't help the alright.